And what another edition of Chris Aiken presents the live version. Eric, what is going on, sir? Hello, Mr. Chris. Great to see you again. Yeah, man. Great to be doing this again, man. And uh, we got a great one tonight, man. We've got guests. We've got movie talk. We've got all kinds of good shit going on tonight, man. We got Christmas backgrounds. That's Look at you, all holiday spirited. That's right. I thought that kind of reminded me of two people. <laughs> Which one am I, the green one or the... <laughs> I must be because yeah. that's the fat one. So I'm the baseball head one. <laughs> there you go. So. Yeah, you're the bald one like the baseball head. I'm that's the fat right. one like the green one. Perfect. You're the guy who's got a snake instead of a candy cane. That's right. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> we're close. We're, we're counting down to Christmas. Yeah. And for me, Christmas doesn't matter at all. But I know for you, it, it really does. Like you're you're a Christmas guy, aren't you? I am a Christmas guy. You're a Thanksgiving guy. Yes. Yes, imagine that fat guy that likes Christmas. <laughs> I would think you would like both equally because they're both yeah. great excuses to overeat and indulge in all kinds of crazy stuff you only eat once a year. Yeah, but yeah, you know what it is with Christmas for me, though, dude? It's the, it's the obligation. It is the obligation of having to buy presents mm-hmm. for people you probably wouldn't buy presents for. You know, <laughs> right. it, it's it's... You know, I, I mean, I might say happy holidays or Merry Christmas or something to somebody, and that's it. But then I get a card with, like, money in it or something. Or then I get a present out of the blue. Or somebody hands me, even if it's a gift card. And it's, like, somebody I would not give a gift card to normally. It's somebody I'd be like, hey, what's up? And that's about it. Right. But then I'm looking at a $20 gift card for something. And I'm like, fuck, now I got to go spend $20 on this fucking asshole. Well, the way it should work is somebody, your mom or somebody gave you a few extra ones and you can swap it. You go, yeah. hey, thanks. And you pass them one of those kind of goofy gifts. See, that would be nice. But unfortunately, like I have kids. So I'll, I'll give you the example. And I hate that I'm going to tell this on the air, but whatever. I'll tell it. I don't care. So my my brother bought gave all of my kids my my three kids hundred dollar gift cards to various things that they're into and he gave it to them already so now he has four kids so the way that calculates in my head was the minute that my, my first kid told me, hey, Uncle Jason gave me this, my brain went, fuck, I just spent $400. Because <laughs> I got to give a $100 gift card to each of his kids now. Or Holy else man. I'm a shitty uncle. You know, wow, and, and he just, you see what I mean? It's, you know, where if he would have given nothing, I could have just called him on the day and said, hey, hope you're having a great Christmas. What'd have you, you ever considered year? becoming a Jehovah's Witness <laughs> no. where you wouldn't have to actually celebrate Christmas? You don't even have to celebrate your birthday. When somebody <laughs> asks you how old you are, you're just like, I think we don't if my, recognize that. I think if my choices are become a Jehovah's Witness or shell out a few hundred bucks, I'll <laughs> shell out the money. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I am not peddling, peddling anything door to door. I am not doing it. I have a, uh, a couple people I got to uh, get gifts for that are staying with us. Uh, Susie's kids are coming. Okay. I'll have to get them a few, at least stocking stuffers. Sure. Uh, but unfortunately, I had a lot of car crap go down this month. I had to do tires and brakes. Got hosed on on both counts. Right. Testing out shops around here. Uh, so 
I don't have the best luck with that sort of thing. So it's going to be a tight Christmas, but I'm excited to announce that we're actually going to Chicago this week. Yes, I saw that. So I have my plane ticket, and we're going to rock with Stephen Piercy. Yeah, that's going to be good. I, I understand you're going to see my partner, Neely. Neely's coming to this. I was so stoked to see that. I don't know how far a drive that is for him, but I'm going to hook him up and a friend. or Dude, it doesn't matter for him. McHenry, Illinois. Yeah, if you're within 500 miles of him, either Stephen or either Stephen or Dockin, if one of the two is within 500 miles, he's in the car road tripping. That's right. I'll hear that engine of his car. That <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> that hot rod that he has. He'll be. That's right. He'll be hot rodding his way out there. But that'll be fun, man. That's you know, it's a. I have to imagine for for you guys, not just you, but you know, any band guy really. When you go to a town and you have friends in the town, that's better than when you go to, you know, Will Turn, Iowa, where you've never met anybody other than shaking a hand the last time you were through Will Turn, Iowa. I guess it depends how tired you are. Okay. Or I am. <laughs> but yeah, no, of course, it's always awesome because some friends you only get to see if you're playing. Sure. You're in your town. So, of course, I've had people that I've uh get to see for the last 22 years you know right and, and stoked when they're still around right do you have friends that are solely met them on the road and became friends with them because of the stephen piercy road experience oh definitely yeah i mean okay. probably over time probably i i, don't, I couldn't even guess man a hundred friends like that no yeah sure. every state Every okay. city we play, we make a friend and, uh, you know, phone numbers get exchanged for whatever right. reason. They're uh, possibly working on the show. They're a runner. They're uh, sometimes a fan. You've met uh, a few different times that were cool. Right. Uh, but yeah, definitely. I've had long lasting friendships from Stephen Piercy concerts over the years for sure. No, that, do you end up, do you end up like, Hey, when we're in town, let's swing by your house and have a barbecue or uh, any of that kind of shit or. <laughs> there's never time for that um however if we if we ever were to do a tour and i know tonight we're going to talk about touring in the modern uh sure. times here in those situations there are days where you can get into a town a few days early and if you know if you have some friends there that is awesome because they can run you around and help you get uh taken care of while you're there uh but for us it's just flyouts, and you know there's no time to go to their house or anything we're lucky if uh you know, we get in and get a decent night's sleep the night before. Right. And gotta be up, do sound check, do the show, fly home the very next day. Right. That's how it. how does that work with um with checkout? And this I know these are dumb questions, but how does that work with like a checkout time? I mean, you don't get back to the root like if you had a uh you know, I, I don't know, a six o'clock flight, you know, an, an evening flight instead of an early evening. morning flight. Because it could be either. There's, yeah. there's been plenty of 6 a.m. flights. Yeah. No, I don't mean where those, we don't even those... get back to the room till 3, and you're sitting there going, should I even bother trying to go right. to sleep right now? And you think, I'm just going to stay up. And then about five minutes before you got to get up, you fall asleep, and it's just <laughs> you're like tweaked back into reality, and you're like, oh, my God, I should have tried to sleep for three hours. Right. I'm talking about the other way, though. When you when, Let's say you have a 6 p.m flight or a 7 p.m flight or something out of wherever right does the hotel or do they accommodate you for that or do they just <laughs> tell you fuck you beat it it's 11 o'clock check we've out had all kinds of different stuff uh i know on jason green's road diaries there's probably some 
situations where they tried to boot us out for just that really exact thing uh but generally they're cool till 12 if it's like a, a sunday or something if it's a saturday they're gonna want you out of there because they still have people coming in okay on the weekend if it's a sunday you might be able to get away with one maybe even two if they know the band or uh that the promoter puts a lot of people in that hotel or something like that but they would like to see you out of there by 11 or 12. so then what do you do well Go sit at the airport yeah Ugh. you know you have to go gas up the rental car or whatever drop it off uh you know you have to be two hours early at least to the airport anyways yeah in most but even that's leaving like a three or four hour window right to the bar I, <laughs> recently <laughs> uh they had me with a way later flight than them where they were leaving at like you know 10 in the morning or 11 in the morning and i got there with them at like eight and my flight wasn't until six o'clock Ugh. and i was like oh great and so i just moped over uh over by a chair and i was sitting there and everybody kind of said their farewells to me and kind of felt bad for me and then i go wait a second maybe i could actually go up to the gate and see if they'll give me an earlier flight and they right. totally did so i was able to board and go home even earlier i didn't have to that's cool wait you could do standby if you have that much time sure you could probably there's probably at least two flights that are happening that you might be able to get on okay yeah, it just seems like just every every little day I learn just a little bit more about the road and about touring and being in a band. And sure. every time I learn a little bit more, it tells me how thankful I am that I sucked at drumming. <laughs> God, I would hate this. I mean, just hearing it, just sitting it. I don't like to sit in the airport 20 minutes. Like I, I that two hour thing is probably the main reason I don't fly now. It really is because I just hate rush, rush, rush. You rush through and then you got an hour and 50 minutes till boarding time. I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm either going to get hammered or, you know, and these days I'm afraid to fall asleep. You know, somebody will rob you or kill you. <laughs> well, you hope they have somewhere for your phone charger at least. Yeah. Uh, I mean, thank God for phones because that makes a hell of a difference than 20 years ago. Sure. But yeah, but even if you pull out a nice iPad, somebody would be like, hmm, I wouldn't mind having that for myself. Yeah, you can't leave your stuff and go trip around or anything. You have right. to guard your stuff at all times. And the airport itself is always freaked, has been uh, freaked out on that sort of thing, that you're leaving something bad behind. Or oh, yeah. Yeah. I know. It's <laughs> such a, it's such a, and again, going back to the two hour waiting, waiting, you know, you go in the bathroom, you're dragging, you know, gear with you or, or, suitcases or whatever into the fucking bathroom to double guitars piss. i know i have to take my double guitars sometimes and walk into these men's rooms <laughs> and the smell is atrocious oh yeah for one um and then there's usually urine all over the place like oh, nobody nice. can keep their pee in the right. thing so you don't want to put your guitars on the floor you have to though what are you gonna do yeah. i got uh, usually like a backpack and then uh at least uh a double guitar bag and yeah it's it sits in the pee uh. <laughs> <laughs> all right where's the worst what's the worst airport uh the worst airport that's hard to say i mean they all try to do a decent job the smaller ones i i think uh have more time they have less flights going on sure they're just like sitting around where it's almost weird you want you feel like it's not even a real airport you know okay. it's kind of goofy and then there's other ones that are just like so outrageous and i block some of these out of my head i know recently 
I had a flight home over at some airport and the line, I, I thought it started like where the escalators were to go up to the security checkpoint, mm-hmm. but you actually had to take the elevators down into the parking garage because they decided to divert all traffic through the parking garage oh, where we're doing circles in a parking garage <laughs> and then going up to some other side of the whole airport and then through the whole airport and then in another couple circles. It was, it must've been like a three mile long line where they have old people wheelchairs. I don't think they normally did this. I don't know what the scenario was where this happened to me, but it was insane. I wish I I thought we were going to talk about it. I would have shown you photos. (laughs) That's all good. Dude, I think the worst places I've ever been, and they might be way updated. They probably are. It's been years since I've been there. But the two worst airports I've ever been in my life was number one was Tokyo. Tokyo International was the worst. Oh my God. Eight billion people in the place. 4,000 tentacles. It was one of those that like had a hub and then like tentacle things out. And you had to kind of go, you had to know, which I, of course I read, you know, fluent Japanese, right? <laughs> right. Know, I don't read any Japanese. And, and I'm like, all right, I got to find this certain exit because the cabs only go from this certain exit, you know, the way I want to go. So, so you have to figure that out. I don't speak any Japanese. I don't speak, I don't read it. And I'm like, Oh Jesus. Okay. You know, uh, domo manigato. And that's about it. Domo. Mr. <laughs> You're just going up to each gate. Domo manigato, yeah. Mr. Domo Roboto. Manigato, Mr. Roboto. Sushi. And, uh, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Yo, domo. Domo. Saki. You know, <laughs> I don't know shit. Soy and, sauce. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's really it. Uh, Kung Pao. <laughs> Kung Pao. <laughs> Hopefully they sell Kung Pao where I'm going. <laughs> uh, probably cream of some young guy. Yeah. That's where you're going, not me. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I had, that one was bad. And then Atlanta. Atlanta. Oh, my God. Yes, they suck. That is so and bad. People hate you. They yeah. hate you. Mm-hmm. The, the people the hate people you. The, it's very unorganized. You don't know where the fuck you're going. They they have all those weird trams in the, or the, the what do you call those? The people move. You have things. to get on a subway to go in any airport. The airport sucks. Yeah, I agree. Agree fully. Yeah, and, and then you because then you don't even know if you're on the right subway. No, on- it's very stressful. I'm lucky I never died this past year at a fucking airport. Excuse me, at an airport <laughs> because. We had the masks on and that stuff, and I had respiratory, you know, circulation yeah. stuff going on. And therefore, you know, I couldn't even do it. I would have like the mask at least pulled down on my mouth, sure. you know. I'm like, how do people even breathe and huff two miles through an airport? Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if you're carrying stuff, makes it yeah. way worse. Dude, dude, I remember the first time I the first time I flew into uh, Korea, uh, Korea Internet Kimpo Kimpo International, and um. I, you know, I'm, I'm 19 or eight. Was I 18? I was 18 years old. I don't, I've, I've never, you know, the furthest I've been is Canada and now I'm going around the world. Nice. I'm scared to death. You know, first time, you know, first thing I've ever done as a grown up. I, I just graduated high school fucking six months ago and now I'm on the other side of the planet. I've got a duffel bag, two suitcases and like a, a carry on bag. And I'm trying to run through this dumb airport, trying oh. to, you know, and, and I'm get, I get to where I'm going. I don't know where I'm going. 
dude is yelling at me in Korean because I, I was trying to just walk through and instead, yeah, you know, I didn't even understand customs really at that point. Cause it was a direct flight from the U S I didn't have to really pass through anything. You're all Korean barbecue. Yeah. I was like, you know, <laughs> no, I'm just walking through. And he's like, Hanya, Sunika, Hanya, Hanya, I'm like, Whoa, dude, ease up, ease up, bro. And, and I'm, and I'm being like that too. I'm like, Hey, ease up here. You know, I'm just, I, I don't know what he's saying. And then finally somebody grabs me and you know, I swat him right off me because that's me. I'm like, oh no, fuck off me. And you know, and meanwhile, it's a meanwhile, it's a security agent with a with an M16 on his shoulder. <laughs> I'm like, oops, oops. And then I figured out what they were doing. But because I was a dick, they absolutely unpacked everything that I had in. I mean, Hope you're not in a hurry, Mr. Aiken. Uh, that was it, too. It was literally like, let's slow this guy down for like an hour. <laughs> and they they dumped my entire duffel bag, unfolded everything, <clears throat> unfolded every piece of clothing that I had in the suitcases so that it wouldn't fit back into the duffel bag without me having to re, you know. Was this how it was? No. Um, no. No. No, it wasn't. It wasn't three suitcases and a and a bag or me carrying the shit. It was all stuffed in there. It was such a pain in the dick that first time, <laughs> and, and I was just like, "Man, I'm gonna be more nice next time I come." And I always was. Anytime after that, I I flew back and forth, shit, fifty times. Yeah, you know, back and forth through through Kimpo, and every time after that, oh, I got to say, oh, I she, hey, you know, I'm. I'm, I'm spitting the language, man, and yeah. <laughs> give them the good wave, good smile. You don't tell like, them hey. the thing that's on your book. No, <laughs> not at all. I certainly didn't say that. I certainly didn't. I didn't Chris has these a very atrocious thing in Korean on his book. I did not <sighs> preach those words. <laughs> no, but but yeah, it, <laughs> the airport can be a nightmare, man. It really, really can be. Well, dude, why don't we do this, man? Let's let's get into a little bit of conversation before Johnny comes on to to uh, talk about um, the road, which we right. will do. But um, you and I, we we took up the task of watching <laughs> this this jewel of a documentary on um, Showtime called Spectre. Spectre. I'm gonna say it. I said it on CMS uh, Saturday. I'll say it to you, and maybe you'll agree. Maybe you won't. This might have been the best ever documentary. Well, the, the best ever in music thriller documentaries, perhaps. I was completely mesmerized by this thing. I, I couldn't believe. I'll tell you what I couldn't believe. I, I actually could believe that he murdered that girl. I, I have no problem believing that. I have no problem believing that everybody just wanted to ride the Spectre train because it was... It was a money train, no question about it. Well, what was your memory? I mean, because obviously we lived through that time. I remember the them throwing out uh, a, a lot of the suicide thing for Lana Clarkson. Like they were putting that right. out there that she committed suicide at his house. And it did sound strange. It was one of those stories where you're kind of scratching your head about it. And they did. This isn't the first Hollywood murder Right, you know, to happen in recent time back then. So we were paying attention to that. The media machine was in mm -hmm. full effect, and I do remember two things that were 
interesting one they were just kept repeating that she was a b movie yeah or a d lister they would really like take her down a notch and that's probably what you're saying like people that were on that train that Mm -hmm. worked in the entertainment business that were trying to cover for this guy at least a little bit unfortunate though uh as we know it even then he looked so strange you knew something was up yeah well and and, i mean even the even the people like you know i mean he was a money train he to me if in today's world it would be like if mutt lang was was convicted of killing somebody you would get every acdc member every deaf leopard member every you know every person under the sun would be you know would be coming out of the woodwork to say you know what mutt couldn't have done this he's a great guy didn't you hear hysteria it's fantastic (laughs) all the character witnesses yeah and that's exactly what was going on didn't you notice that that they they trotted out all the people of the quote-unquote the wrecking crew all the musicians Right. in this thing like um carol k and whatever they try it's amazing along. carol oh, k, she's great yes. she's great but she she was right there to say i can't believe phil would do such a thing that's right that's almost like he, you know they tried to, to basically paint it like over time his mental illness increased yeah where he started out really great did all these hits for us and then little by yeah. little but when you watch this documentary as the episodes go on you see that he always was uh, a wild card. Pulling I, his guns I, out. You know what I came away with from this documentary, and and nothing said this. So this is I'm putting this out there very clearly. This is only my opinion. I think he probably killed somebody else. Oh yeah, I definitely get the feeling that that Lana Clarkson was not the first person he killed. Just I mean, they had pictures of him waving guns at people back in the like sixties statistically somebody would have had to get shot at some point you pull your gun that many times yeah you yeah i mean i mean how many times are you going to be hammered out of your mind he was drinking those drinks that were like four shots a piece every single time he went to the bar he's drinking 10 of them and he's waving a pistol he took somebody out somewhere along the way i was left with a lot of questions watching this thing like one of them i had brought up to you that i don't know if, if you were able to solve yeah but at, at, when he, at this point, he has the Ronettes. And yeah. for one, I, it sounded like he just named her Ronnie Specter. All of a sudden, she was Ronnie. Spe- and I don't even yeah. know if they were married yet. I, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I think you're right on that one. And this was a strange You know, you know who situation. we could ask? Well, we could ask next week. We could ask Jess, Jess and Daz Money because they know Ronnie Specter. Probably do. They do know her from the dad's video and that's what i'm saying we could ask them next week yeah keep it in mind (laughs) totally uh yeah but it 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 appeared that um you know she just took his name earlier and they eventually did uh get married but um Mm -hmm. she was saying something about kids or uh, he just showed up with kids one day and they kind of slipped that into the documentary yeah they never expound upon they go all this she's talking or something and she goes one day he just shows up with like this baby and this like two you know kids in their single digits and she didn't know what to think this is when he was going full crazy yeah and she eventually takes off with nothing but the clothes on her back no shoes even and they never say what happens to these kids yeah they just they just sort of and they didn't interview them or nothing so they're 
they're in the ether somewhere. I don't know what happened. Yeah, to they him. don't. He doesn't say how he got. It just you know, that's no. not an easy thing yeah, to they go. They didn't through even say he adopted. adopted. Yeah, they didn't say he adopted them. They just said he gave her those kids as a Christmas present or something. Right. And I, was I like, mean, honestly, when they show the, I think they show a picture. I wouldn't be surprised if somewhere along the line, somebody goes, oh, my God, that's my nephew that was kidnapped <laughs> back in 1970. It might be. I mean, dude, I did look it up I, and I found one article by a source that is 1000% not trust, trustworthy. It was on Reddit somewhere. Right, where, which I love like, Reddit, but anyway, yeah, I love I agree. Reddit too. But I, I trust that <laughs> as much as I do myself. You know, given somebody oh, brain yeah, surgery, yeah. you so, know, I mean, that's just not smart. But somewhere on Reddit, somebody said that they were actually adopted legally. That's the only place I could find it. I couldn't find it on any reputable thing. So God knows. I mean, for a man to adopt children, yeah, that that's a very rare circumstance. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know, but with that kind of money that he had, which oh my god, he had a lot. He had a lot of money, you know. I mean, he had a ton of money. He could have. I mean, but what about not to change gears, but oh, a, a, another guy, Brett Meisner, yeah, of the Eagles, mm -hmm. is an opposite example where he seemed guilty as shit, and. <laughs> They totally let him go, and it was a really bizarre situation. And this is the bass player I'm talking about for the Eagles. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that song, you know, "Take It to the Limit." You know, okay. this guy had a lot of bread too. He retired a long time ago. His kids have been trying to get a hold of his estate power of attorney for a long time because he's been kind of cuckoo. He has a uh, he had a really tumultuous uh, relationship with his wife. He was a big drinker. Uh, this one particular day. The wife calls the police that sh that he's pointing a gun right. at her and please come help her in this. And they showed up. The thing was, uh, you know, blown off or whatever. Later, she apparently shoots herself in the face going into the closet when a gun wow. apparently allegedly falls from the top of the closet and shoots oh her God. in the face. <laughs> sure. Jesus. And the weirdest thing was the cops not only exonerated him that same day, which is, you know, pretty outrageous, yeah. but in a murder case. You know, closed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They closed the case right there, but they go, yeah, we, we reviewed the uh, home video footage and it all checks out. So it's just like you said, and all I could think is this guy totally had some kind of briefcase with like five million dollars in yeah. it he just looked he said uh let me talk to you over here for a second and just handed it to him yeah the probably, cop, the probably didn't cost that much either right be, i mean honestly did, what year was that this was probably a decade ago you, you could mm -hmm. you, you have the means to probably look it up quicker yeah. than i i can but uh yeah he never even there was no trial for that it was just like yep just an accident she happened to open the closet and this rifle just shot her in the face and killed her sorry case closed yeah. And that's like an opposite example of the Phil Spector uh, scenario. Uh, yeah. And this one, you know, what he didn't realize was that they they had a microphone. The cop actually had a tape recorder that he right. was, that he had, and he was kind of copping. Spector was copping to the murder pretty much right up front. Yeah, yeah, right at the beginning, he's like, yeah, yeah, she. I, I might have killed her. <laughs> Whoops. It happened. What can I say? Yeah, it what happened. can I say? It happened. Yeah, I mean, so he's saying he did it, but then he just changes this whole deal. He's like, 
not only does he change it, but he but he actually you know insults the family and everybody mm -hmm. by saying that she killed herself, and then gets like pissed about it. Yeah, you know, because yeah, I got, can't believe she's how know, dare she blame me down my schedule with this. Yeah, don't you, don't know? you know? Don't you know that I wrote "Be My Little Baby"? Jesus, yeah, you know how could I Beatles, have killed somebody? Have you heard of the Beatles? Do you know that? Uh, <laughs> I produced their last album. You heard of a song called Let It Be? Yeah. That's, that's me. me. I couldn't have killed anybody. And she comes over to my house <laughs> and decides to kill herself. Yeah. You know, and 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 you know, he just stares and it's, you know, without even blinking, you know, he believes it. Yeah, he, he's a mess, but not anymore. Thankfully, he's he's checked out. But um yeah, that that is a documentary. I tell you what, man, we 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 may visit this again at the end of the show, but we gotta we gotta actually jump here because we got right. we got guests in the waiting already. Up. We got Johnny Gioelli just waiting for me to bring him in. Johnny, of course, from um, Hardline and Axel Rudy Pell and Crush Forty and um, Enemy Eyes. He's in every band known to man. Hundred plus records that he's recorded at this point. Um. And uh, so we're going to bring him on with a specific mission in mind. We're definitely going to talk about Enemy Eyes, his latest band. But right. um, I, I wanted to talk tonight about touring. And we're going to, we're going to obviously you with Stephen Piercy, you have one analysis of touring. Johnny just got back from pretty much six months overseas, you know, over in Europe, touring with both Axel Rudy Pell and Hardline. So he can talk about it. And then a little later on, we'll have Pete Evick from the um, Brett Michaels band to talk right. about it. And what I want to talk about is not so much touring and yay fans. Cool. We're back. We're COVID's over, but more about the realities of today, the differences in the number of places to play, the cost to get out there, what it costs to get a room tour, eat, you know, all the things that people don't think about. Everybody, everybody's complaining, probably rightly so about the cost of tickets today, but I don't think they understand why the costs are what they are. And I wanted to get it from a couple, two, three of you that are actually doing it to, uh, you know, to really put it in perspective. So at least people understand what's going on. So let's do this. I'm going to play a quick commercial, play a little bit of enemy eyes to welcome Johnny into the show so that people yeah! can, can hear what, what it's all about. And then we'll be back with Johnny Gioelli. All right, let's do it. All right, so check it out. We'll be back in just a minute. If I can find the button to push, there it is. We'll be back in just a minute with some more right here on Chris Aiken Presents. 